Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 248. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off Road Andy. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm excited. All right. Thank you for tuning good, in. Good stuff today. Yeah, we always do, Andy. But thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and listen to our entertainment podcast right after this. All right, Andy, you want to talk about the uh, sport that's always in season, baseball? Uh, well, we're not going to talk too much about baseball for the next like four months, but uh-huh. right now, right now is a big time. Uh, we're in the heat of the free agency season right now. So a lot of players have signed, uh, last week we talked about like a couple quick ones, but a lot, a lot more this week. They're trying to get them in under the, uh, current deal, which I believe expires tonight. So they, there, there's actually a chance there is no baseball season next year. So they, oh, wow. they don't have a, they don't have a, a deal for next year, but they wanted to get these deals done, uh, for the players before that expires. So a lot of, a lot of stuff has happened, but, um, so I'm just going to get, get into some of the big deals. Uh, I'm going to start with order of importance here. Just kind of the, the looked at a free agency ranking, uh, Corey Seager, the Dodgers, Corey Seager, world series MVP, uh, the previous year. Uh, he is, he's leaving. He's no longer going to be with the Dodgers. Whoa. Uh, he's going to Texas. He's got a 10 year, $325 million deal. So unbelievable. Uh, a lot of money, a lot of money. Understandable. 10 understandable. years too. That's just yeah. crazy. Understandable why the Dodgers would be uh, afraid to commit to that. They just gave Mookie Betts a long extension. Uh, they have some other guys that they're going to have to pay. Uh, they got Trey Turner as a free agent after next year. Uh, so they uh, and, and Trey Turner is the the obvious replacement. He also plays shortstop. So when they acquired him Turner last year, it kind of made sense that they weren't going to go too hard after keeping Corey Seager. I think they would. I think they would have kept him if they could have got a, a deal they liked. But uh, obviously he took uh, he took the money, um, and that that's the smart thing to do. Uh, not blaming him at all, not call him a trade or anything. I'll always be a fan of his, but he is uh, not going to be playing for the Dodgers anymore. So, uh, good luck out there in Texas. Texas has been pretty bad uh, last five years, but uh, this is not the last time I'm going to mention their name. So, uh, they're spending some money here. They want to get better. So, uh, the next rank free agent that uh, has moved moved on. Uh, Got a Kevin Gaussman of the of the Giants from last year. Uh, he's finally got his big deal. He took the he took a one year qualifying offer last year, uh, but this year he's getting five years, one hundred ten million, so twenty million a year. Not bad uh, to go to go play uh, for the Blue Jays. Who they needed they the Blue Jays themselves are losing uh, a few of their players, so they needed to uh, do something, bring someone in, uh, and then they, uh, next up uh, the Rangers again, Marcus Semien who was uh, one of the Blue Jays' best players last year. Uh, he's taken a huge deal to move to Texas. Seven years, $175 million. So, uh, you know, not as much as Corey Seager, but still a lot of money there. Um, and if you want to compare Corey Seager's contract, it's uh, very similar to Francisco Lindor's contract with the Mets from last year. And uh, similar to uh, Manny Machado's deal with the Padres from a couple of years back. So he slots in right in between those guys. So that's... Uh, that's like the market rate for an all-star shortstop is thirty something million a year. So, uh, and, and Semyon's getting close to that, so he's just a little uh, tier below there, I think, for those guys. Uh, and then uh, Robbie Ray, another Blue Jay from last year, 
He's leaving. He's going to the Mariners. Five years, 150 million or 115 million. Uh, Robbie Ray was really good last year, but very inconsistent. I'd say throughout his whole career, he was really good for the Diamondbacks one year, and then was just bad. And uh, there's there's always risk with these guys, but the Mariners haven't made the playoffs in 20 years or something crazy like that. Like that just doesn't happen in baseball. Uh, really bad stretch. I mean, it's almost our entire lifetimes. They haven't made the playoffs, uh, so they have to do something. And, yeah, hopefully for them this works out. Uh, next up, Max Scherzer, the, the Dodgers pitcher. Uh, the Dodgers pitcher for only a couple months, but still, most recently with the Dodgers. He is also leaving, just like Corey Seager. He is going to the Mets. Uh, three years, $130 million. So this is the biggest contract, uh, like most amount of money per year that anyone's ever signed. Unbelievable. So it's 40, 43 million a year. I got into the wrong business. <laughs> so Max Scherzer is, um, he's 37. So who really knows how long he, he's got. So that was one of the issues I think with some, some teams that were interested is how many years are going to give this guy. And then, yeah, that's 43 million is a ton. Uh, Scherzer was still really, really good the entire year last year, except uh, he kind of slowed down at the last couple weeks and wasn't all that effective in the playoffs, although, you know, it's only a few starts. But uh, so that's two big names the Dodgers have already lost here. So Corey Seager and Max Scherzer will not be returning. Um, next up, we've got Javier Baez going to the Tigers. Six years, $140 million. Uh, Tigers similar to the Mariners, although not as bad. They haven't been in the playoffs for a long time. They got to spend some money. Uh, Starling Marte going to the Mets, four years, seventy-eight million. So that's the second time we've mentioned the Mets here. Uh, the Mets, they, they have money and they want to they want to do something with it. Um, John Gray, pitcher, going to the Rangers, four years, fifty-six million. So that's the the third guy I've mentioned here with the Rangers. So they're they're spending like crazy. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez of the Red Sox is leaving for the Tigers, uh, five years, seventy-seven million. Uh, Anthony Descalfani uh, of the Giants is uh, staying with the Giants. Three years, $36 million. Uh, Justin Verlander hasn't pitched in two years, but Hall of Famer, uh, one of one of the greats, but he's nearing 40 at this point. Uh, he's staying with the Astros, so he's going to probably close out his career there. Two years, $50 million. Uh, $25 million a year, not bad for a guy who hasn't pitched in two years. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work out at all, but. It's just uh, insane. Yeah, I mean, he's already probably made hundreds of millions of dollars, but you know, keep keep getting paid. He's got to take care of uh, Kate Upton. She needs something because I don't think she's done anything in years, right? Who knows? Someone. She's, she's just the wife of Justin Verlander now. Yeah. All right, then a, a few more deals, some smaller ones. Stephen Matz leaving the Blue Jays for the Cardinals, four years, forty-four million. Kendall Graveman, relief pitcher, leaving the Astros for the White Sox, three years, $24 million. And then Mark Canha, utility man, going to the Mets, two years, $26 million. So uh, the Mets, the Tigers, and the Rangers have spent a lot of money. But they're uh, sick of not making the playoffs. Uh, while some of the teams that have spent a lot of money in the past have been letting guys go or not making a splash, you see – the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cubs, none of those teams have made a big deal yet um, and have lost some guys already. So uh, the Dodgers could lose like six guys if they don't re-sign any of their people. I think uh, eventually, though, 
make a deal for somebody. Uh, there's also rumors, you know, they lost Corey Seager if they lose some other guys. Uh, there's a big name free agent named uh, Freddie Freeman. So there's, uh, there's a little push to bring him home. Look at that. So the Dodgers could use a left-handed bat. He could bunk with Kawhi. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I wouldn't want any Kawhi's injury luck rubbing off on him. But yeah, there's there's still a lot left in free agency. The top player, Carlos, Carlos Correa, still has yet to sign. So uh, we'll be talking about this again. But again, there will be probably a good two, three months where we won't talk any baseball. So. Whoa. I'll uh, believe it when I see it. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this little segment. Hope All right, well, uh, should we shift gears and go into NBA? Yeah, so let's do it. Uh, my lead story, I don't know if it's your lead story, but uh, there's a new NBA player in town. His name is Enos Cantor Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> is that going to be actually on his jersey? Is it going to say Freedom? I saw a story on ESPN today that said uh, Freedom would like to meet with LeBron James. And I'm like, all right, they already, the news reports already have to call him freedom. That is his given name. It's just like Meta World Peace. You can buy is, his jersey now on Fox News website. Yeah, that is, that is who he is. He is, uh, it is, here's what it is. The ESPN headline. So Celtics freedom willing to educate LeBron on China. It's like, cool. So uh, <laughs> he became a legal U.S. citizen is why the name change. Yeah. Remember, he's from Turkey where he's no longer allowed. He has had quite a international experience the last five years. Yeah, with uh, he's been going off, calling people out, yeah, getting banned from his own country, all this kind of stuff. And uh, so I listened to an interview of his. He said that his teammates are, had already called him freedom just because he's so enthusiastic about the United States. Yeah, so he said it was a good fit. He's been on a tour, I'd say, the last couple months, just going after everyone, uh, really going after the Brooklyn Nets owner, uh, Joseph Tsai, who's like just a super rich Chinese businessman. And it's like, that guy doesn't give a shit about you. Like, you can say whatever you want. Like, he doesn't care. Like, you're not going to do anything to him. Uh, and then, yeah, calling out LeBron for not knowing things, which is like, we all did that when LeBron said that uh, three years, not three years ago, like a year ago, whenever that was. Like he got made fun of a good amount, and mm-hmm. I think he hasn't said anything further about it. I don't think he needs to be educated on this. I think it's LeBron James. Well, I think a lot of people hate LeBron that don't even pay attention to basketball. That just like like how you hated Kobe. There's people that don't give a shit about basketball that hate him just because of how vocal he is about anything else. Yeah, but like LeBron, LeBron knows what he's doing. He's like. Uh, look, uh, Mr. Freedom, uh, Space Jam 2 needs to make money in China, all right? I'm going to buy a new basketball court for my kids. So I don't give a shit what you say. You're not going to educate me, fucking LeBron. Uh, I think that's going to be the attitude there. Uh, but I'm all for it. Let let him, let him talk. Let him, you know. That was probably verbatim how the conversation went, too. Yeah, he's promoting conversation, right? So uh, congratulations, uh, Mr. Freedom. Uh, you've done it. When I was on social media a few years ago, I did follow not him, but a gym in somewhere in New York where like all the athletes would go. But the guy like that was like the main trainer at it would specifically always show him training. I don't know if it was because he worked out the most there, worked out the hardest or whatnot, but it was always interesting just because he's such a gigantic guy to see him doing like drills and things like that was always entertaining. 
Yeah, not really known for his um, lateral footwork and speed and all that stuff. So I don't know. Well, they had a thing where he would just feed him the ball, and he had these bungee cords holding him down, and he'd jump up and dunk it. Yeah, which isn't I, mu- I, saying much. I mean, you know, he's a giant, but again, it was entertaining. Yeah, that fits his skill set, I would say. But if you want to talk about actual play on the court, uh, Phoenix Suns. I know, I know, it pains you, but the last three weeks have been talking about their winning streak. Uh, still alive, 16, oh, wow. 16 in a row now. Oh boy! Yeah. And here's the thing: they're still in second place behind the Warriors, who are also just as hot. Uh, that game is tonight: Phoenix versus the Warriors. This is a huge game. Oh wow! Uh, just not in like it's going to set. You know, whoever wins is going to be the number one seed. Like, well, bear forever, in mind too: just, Golden State still does not have Clay. No, although there's all kinds of news. He's he's cleared to play. He's going to play in the, the G League. Yeah, practicing. I don't get that. Why is um, the G League just such a training wheels for him? Why I not mean, go the, to the big league? Uh, baseball does that where when you're coming back from injury, you play in my Yeah, but stuff. baseball, like, hey, we don't need you until we hit our 300th game of the year. So yeah. take a seat. I think it's I think it's fine. And also, like, you're not using a spot, I guess. I don't know. But that, yeah. that's a really big game. That's tonight. So, like. That means it's already over by the time this podcast comes out. But still, uh, it's it's a big. Uh, the Warriors are incredibly hot, and I am hating it. Uh, I am so disgusted. Uh, what a nice break it was that two years. For two years, they sucked. Uh, but now that they're good again, and they're good with Clay not even being there, it's it's awful. So this past uh, Sunday, they played the Clippers. And it's just like all the bad memories got brought back, like, I hate Steph Curry. I, I, whoa, he is like most, the most beloved guy and all this stuff. Like I've always just fucking hated him, uh, the way he plays. And I always, even though I, you know, just like LeBron, I'd always get mad. Like LeBron should just like eat him or something. He's just, he's just the bigger, stronger guy. And like this little, little kid is trying to play with the big guys. I always hated it. Um, but the way, the way Curry acts is like, he, he wants to humiliate people, right? He doesn't want to just play the game. He wants to clown you. That is his his thing. He wants to hit a deep three that he has no business making, and then he'll make a face after he does it to make you feel bad. He, I just hate that kind of shit. He is when you're playing the game, you know, uh, NBA 2K, you know, th- seven, and uh, you know, you put a cheat code on where every shot you shoot, you make, and you're just a little ass running around ha 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 in your face from the half court da 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 and he figured out how to apply that cheat code to real life it's it's insane who wouldn't have that go to their head other great players like Giannis, who's like just discovered oreos when he moved to america well again yeah he's gonna change his name to freedom too (laughs) these are the good stories i want to hear uh not like this fucking guy making faces at people like so in the clippers game he wanted a foul call and didn't get it, complained to the ref who teed him up. So then he's like, well, then fuck you. I'm going to go crazy and hit a bunch of crazy shots. Uh, and then after hitting like a, a ridiculous step back three with two people in his face, uh, he tees up the ref. He does a T sign right right to the ref to be like, extra fuck you for this. Um, although he wasn't playing against the refs, he was playing against the Clippers. Uh, but he still had to do that. And I don't know how who would have got away with that. Yeah, he's like on your Draymond hit list, Green, huh, now, Andy. Yeah, if Draymond Green did that, like Adam Silver would have come out of the stands and assassinated him. Like that is there's no place in the game for that kind of 
nonsense. Uh, you can't. Yeah, but again, everyone looks at Curry as a little kid out there. You're like, oh, wow, he's really doing good. Like he keeps winging him up and hitting him. Draymond Green is a guy that actually kicks people in the dick. And it's like, whoa, sorry, like back up, like don't hurt me. Whereas Curry's just like, he's going to give you a wet willy, if anything. Yeah, I would rather be kicked in the nuts than oh, have to boy. deal with uh, little Steph Curry's taunts. And, and uh, by the way, really quick, just because we mentioned uh, the Greek freak, uh, tune into our entertainment podcast where I'm going to discuss uh, the commonness of uh, marrying in like with your cousins and uh, places like Greece, where uh, I believe it's not even look down upon to marry your third cousin. We'll talk about that on the entertainment pod. So tune into that next. Continuing. You just, you just turned everyone off of that. I don't know if I want to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I, uh, I have to talk about it. It, okay. it was in something I watched. Okay. Uh, then yeah, I don't think Giannis has done that. So let's, I don't either. Let's That's fair. why he let's moved. Um, I do want to talk about Giannis, but I still want to stay in the, the Western conference here. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is out for the year. Oh boy. It's pretty sad what's going on here. They gave him a huge extension that kicks in next year. Uh, but this was always the worry with with him was that like, oh, man, he's just he's he's got a frail body. Can he really last uh, And to give him a five year extension that kicks in next year? And uh, it's just, Did, is the ink still wet on that or it's it sucks. Like Denver was this up and coming team. They'd still probably be one of the best teams in the league with Jamal Murray playing. Uh, but now to have. Who knows when Murray's going back and now to lose Porter. And it's like, I think they're fine for the playoffs, but this is not. They look like they were they were a title contender for real. And then maybe for years to come because all these guys are are young. But who knows what's going to happen now? And that's really too bad. So I don't know. Yeah. I think crazy. Jokic, Jokic deserved better. He's now going to be one of these guys. He'll just be great. He'll never leave the team because people from Europe don't force trades usually uh, so he'll just play in denver forever and be like a six seed every year that's that's what that's what he gets uh, it's loyalty yeah it's too bad but uh like i said i wanted to talk about Giannis and uh, his milwaukee bucks who had a really rough start to the year they've now won seven in a row so uh they're right back right back in it so um Maybe you you win a title, you get a little complacent. Uh, you need to get your ass kicked a little bit. Um, they also uh, signed Demarcus Cousins, so Whew, he's just uh, a globe trotter now. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, Demarcus Cousins, interesting guy, uh, joining this championship team. Uh, so Demarcus Cousins and Brooke Lopez together. I don't know what that means, but sounds like trouble. But, yeah, Milwaukee Milwaukee's good. They're fine. So. Uh, they're not. They weren't going to miss out the playoffs or anything. I mean, that's that's all I got for basketball this week, or for the NBA this week. Ooh, but we do have college basketball. Yeah, I wanted to to follow up last week. I talked about the Gonzaga UCLA game. That was uh, exciting. Number one and number two teams. Uh, awful. UCLA sucked. It was. I think they were down by twenty within like the first five minutes of the game, and it was just they were down by twenty the rest of the game. Just. Nothing exciting happened. Uh, really, kind of put a damper on the exciting excitement of the the season here for UCLA. Uh, then to make matters worse, uh, Duke played Gonzaga a few days later and uh, handled them pretty easily. So now UCLA was couldn't be within twenty points of Gonzaga, who 
uh, couldn't beat Duke. So now um, Duke's the number one team in the nation. Uh, they've got this rookie, Paolo Banchero. That's a pretty good name. Pretty, is pretty he, impressed by it. Yeah, uh, is he uh, just like a Sicilian? He's an American from Seattle, it says. But yeah, it says he's a, he's an Italian American according to Wikipedia. So. Mm, okay, that's uh, good. It's good stuff. He's uh he's he's not a uh, Danilo. He's he's a black guy. So, um, but he's got that name. So that can happen. I know. I'm just saying. He's don't expect like Super Mario out there or something. Okay. Or, or the House <laughs> of Gucci. Ah, try to see that this weekend. You can't. It's full yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. We'll Crazy. Um. But yeah, he he's a contender for the number one pick next year. He's already been he's been pretty impressive as a as a freshman here. So, uh, and they're now number one, which they haven't been number one in, in a few years, which was surprising to me. But I guess it's kind of true. Like, yeah, Duke Duke's been putting good players in the pros, but uh, since that Zion year, they haven't been one of the top teams. Kind of had a couple of year bad years. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, there'll be there'll be more to talk about with college basketball, uh, more breakout performances, I'm sure. But um, Gonzaga and Duke might be the two best teams. I think uh, Purdue is ranked number two right now, uh, but they have they have the two best freshmen. It seems like so uh, that's just how it works. Uh, there's two ways of being good in college basketball. One is not have any good players that go to the NBA and just have a bunch of uh, like seniors and shit, which is I would describe UCLA as well as Purdue. Uh, and then the other method is just get the best freshman and dominate for a year uh, which is what duke and gonzaga might do so well as they're apt to do yeah i mean the be- the best case is when you have good veterans and you have uh great freshmen like gonzaga has uh timmy who still might be the player of the year but will like never play in the nba uh to pair with um that big guy What's his name again? The big guy. The giant skinny Chet, guy. Chet Holmgren. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll return to college basketball another week. Yippee-ki-yay. All right, should we talk college football? Uh, we should. This was a huge week, especially for Jim Harbaugh. Finally beats Ohio State in maybe the most meaningful matchup they've had so far. Uh, so Michigan now, with only one loss, has passed Ohio State, and they are in the top four in the playoff rankings. So this is not the final playoff rankings. They're still the uh, conference title games this next week where Michigan will be playing, but they'll be playing Iowa. They'll be favored. They win that game. They will definitely be in the playoff, and that'll be – it'll save Jim Harbaugh's uh, coaching job here. Uh, and it's just – that's exciting. Michigan's one of the the great programs, a lot of history – uh, it's been a while that they've been competitive for like a title. They've had some good years, but uh, being up here, this is it's cool. And, and you know, fuck Ohio State. They're always in it. So happy to see that. That was a, a huge, huge win. Um, so top, the top four is still Georgia and Alabama are still in there. Although Alabama, Alabama almost lost. They, they should have lost. They were awful, awful against Auburn. I watched a bit of that game and I was like, I'm turning this off. This is terrible football. Uh, ended up being a really exciting finish, I think double overtime game, uh, but I didn't want to watch any second of it. So Alabama actually dropped, but they're still in the top four, uh, although they're not going to be playing in their conference, or they will be playing their conference championship game against Georgia. If they lose that game, which they're they're going to be 
the underdogs, so they're being expected to lose, uh, they'll probably drop out of the top four. Um, Whoa. And then Cincinnati is still in that top four, and they, uh, they're they going to win. They're, they're playing Houston this week. They're probably going to win that game. And then we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, it's it's out of their hands. But they're, Oklahoma State could surpass them. They're fifth now after beating Oklahoma this week. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. But I'd, I'd like to see Cincinnati in there, but... You know, sometimes it's just not meant to be. The The committee can make that decision that uh, they didn't play anyone. Or I mean, they beat Notre Dame, but they didn't play a top schedule because they're not in one of the best conferences. So uh, I don't know what will happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so there was some good stuff that happened this weekend on the field. The biggest stories might be uh, the coaching moves that have happened. So we've talked about USC having – they fired their coach early on. What are they going to do? Who are they going to replace them with? Uh, they pulled it off. They pulled it off. They got Lincoln Riley to leave Oklahoma. So uh, ever since Riley uh, has been the head coach of Oklahoma, like I think for five years now, uh, they've been a really good program. Uh, multiple Heisman Trophy winners. It just seems to be uh, a guy who knows what he's doing. And he is now leaving Oklahoma for USC. And I never thought I'd see it, but a lot of speculation that the reason he's doing it is Oklahoma is leaving to the SEC which means they'll have a much harder schedule going forward. And uh, now he can go coach at a team in the Pac-12, and it'll be a lot easier to win a lot of games and be in the playoff. Uh, whereas in the SEC, they might be the third or fourth or fifth best team in that conference, and it'll be a lot harder to uh, have good seasons. Uh, but it's already uh, made an impact on recruiting. So one of the top Oklahoma recruits for next year is actually the uh, quarterback at Los Alamitos High School. So that's uh, pretty neat. Um, very close to you, actually. Um, yeah. He has right now decommitted road, from Oklahoma and is now headed to USC. So he's going to stay local, uh, which is nice, nice to the community. I mean, huge history with USC and Orange County quarterbacks. So, uh, that's I guess that's kind of cool. Uh, I don't like USC, so it's not that cool for me. But uh, for people who... <laughs> Uh, like USC, someone is, does is, though. Yeah, this is a this is a great hire for them. Uh, You're not the only person out there, Andy. I I know I know, but I have to I have to give my perspective. Uh, but yeah, great great hire. Uh, I think there's still a chance that Lincoln Riley leaves for the NFL in a few years, so maybe he's not the guy for 20 years because uh, like he's he's not initially committed to any school, uh, and I think the NFL will be interested in him especially if he has success with usc so um yeah big big news there and that leaves leaves a hole there at oklahoma i don't know what they're gonna do uh but there's another big coaching move and that was uh brian kelly notre dame's longtime coach he's leaving for lsu which i don't know what to make of this i think brian kelly's a good coach he's kind of an ass it's my uncle's Um, name yeah no one seems to like him, but he's been very successful at Notre Dame. Uh, I, this was I mean, surprising. you can't have a much better name at Notre Dame. No, and this is—I think he's went to Notre Dame and everything. It was like perfect for him, but like, it's like whoever replaces him has to be named like Seamus O'Flanagan yeah. or something. It's—it's uh, it's a strange thing that like he was. It seemed like he'd be there forever, but should be a statue of him. In the yard, yeah, I think he, I think he did break the record this year or set the record for most wins by a Notre Dame coach, so he has that record. That's that's nice to have. Um, uh, but I think what people will remember is that 
every time they get into the playoff with Notre Dame, uh, they would just get killed by a better team. That They play this schedule since they're not in a conference. They play a schedule that is um, not as good as some of the uh, better teams. And then they'd play Clemson and just get killed. And it's like, oh, well, this team doesn't belong. And I think that that kind of stink has been on this year's team as well. They've only lost that one game, but everyone's like dreading the idea of them being in the playoff. And now, and now that he's left, I don't think they're going to, they would vote Notre Dame to be in the playoff. Um, so uh, I think LSU really wanted Lincoln Riley as well, but he declined and went to USC instead. And, I think this is a surprise pick. Instead of going out and getting a coach at a small school, they went and get like an established guy, a a sixty year old man, and not like some forty two year old uh, young guy who's uh, willing to put in in the hours and all this stuff. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. LSU demands a lot. I mean, yeah. They just they they won the championship two years ago, and then they told that coach to get out. Uh, your time is done. Like you're not allowed to have two bad years in a row. I don't care how how recent that uh, championship was. So, yeah, people forget. Yeah, and now we'll have to see who's going who's going to coach Notre Dame. That's always a big job. Um, I don't know who's the favorite or not, but that's what's. Uh, <laughs> we had a ton of big holes, and now uh, the two biggest hirings are actually uh, from two big programs. So it's like you subbed out. Okay, USC and LSU were looking for a coach. Uh, but now we just have Oklahoma and Notre Dame look for a coach. So mm-hmm. uh, that's how it goes. Also, big money and all these all these deals, I'm sure. Uh, Brian Kelly's going to get $10 million a year. He's going to get $100 million guaranteed. It's uh, good stuff for him. So. That's a nice payout. Yeah. All right. You ready to talk NFL? Uh, no, I don't want to. Oh, boy. I I'm not enjoying. I'm not enjoying it. It's a weird, weird year. Just not, not feeling it. Uh, Thanksgiving, kid. Thanksgiving, we had uh, a terrible morning game as expected, uh, but a more exciting afternoon Cowboys game. Uh, the Raiders were able to pull off and win in overtime and kind of save their season. They're now six and five, and they're they're tied with the Chargers and Broncos in the division for and for that last wild card spot. So uh, if they had lost this game, maybe it would have been over for them. But now uh, they're, they're feeling good. We had the Rams finally come back and play after a bye week, uh, and it went poorly. Uh, they were playing Green Bay, very tough team, probably the best team in football right now. Uh, but the the story here was that Matthew Stafford didn't play well again, and there's all kinds of uh, stories about his health. that He's uh, banged up in a lot of different ways, like every part of his body is breaking down. He's in his mid-30s, and that's uh, kind of how it goes, Whoa. Uh, especially if you're taking hits. But it's like, oh, well, his foot hurts, his shoulder hurts, uh, his skull hurts. Uh, every, everything is just uh, is bad right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they made that big move to upgrade at, at quarterback, and if he's not available 100%, that's very sad for that team. Uh, so that's three in a row that they've lost. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to come back in the NFC West. Um I don't know. Disappointing season. It, it started off so well, but three losses in a row in the middle season will uh, make you feel bad. Uh, and speaking of feeling bad, uh, the Chargers, uh, we talked about them last week. I couldn't even watch the game that they still pulled off at the end because I hated how much they were playing, uh, the way they were playing. Uh, this week, they just sucked. Like They weren't blowing it. They didn't have crazy plays, although there was 
there was a crazy interception return for touchdown that was like a one in a million shot, like deflected off a running back's hands, uh, and the the cornerback got it. The cornerback was probably uh, fifteen yards away from it. Uh, you just you couldn't you couldn't pull off that trick play if you were trying to, but it just worked out perfectly. And that Denver guy was standing right there. Uh, and then after that, they're showing that highlight, and the uh, the commentators have to talk about, oh, what a great play from that guy. It's like uh, the guy did literally nothing. The ball came directly to him. It was just a fluke. Uh, he might be a good player, but don't give him the credit for that touchdown. Uh, that, that was shit. I hate when they do that. Let him have it, Andy. Yeah, just totally lucky. Um, but yeah, the Chargers were not really even competitive. It, it sucked. Very tough to watch. And and, and sad. Uh, also sad is the the Pittsburgh Steelers. They they got some of their players back this week, uh, but it didn't help. They still give up forty points again. Uh, this time to the Bengals, uh, and they only scored ten. So they've now lost three straight to the Bengals, which just just hasn't hasn't happened in thirty years. I saw the Steelers have had the Bengals numbers for quite a long time, but. Uh, not not this year. Uh, the Bengals are improved, and the Steelers have some problems. So they're now they're five five and five and one because they have that weird tie. Uh, Whoa! But they're not in the playoffs if it ended today. Still alive, but trending down. It seems like, uh, and trending up is the Miami Dolphins. They've won four in a row now, uh, and Tua is playing better. The defense is playing better, and they're very much alive. Because everyone sucks in the AFC. So uh, the Chargers are actually still in the playoffs as of right now with a 6-5 and five record. But there's like a million teams bunched up there with like Pittsburgh and uh, the Colts are 6-6 six and six and the Raiders are 6-5 and five as well. And now uh, Miami is 5-6. and six. I don't know. I don't know how many games there are. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. But uh, they're very much alive, although... Maybe I'll just jinx them. They won four in a row, and maybe they'll lose the rest of their games. Who knows? But they haven't made up any uh, games on the division leader, the Patriots. They won their sixth in a row. And uh, I think in this six-game winning streak, they're holding uh, opponents to, uh, like, ten points a game. They're just really dominating on on both sides of the ball, and they just look like the most well-rounded team. And I've talked about it. I hate it. But just, like, every week, it's the same thing. They just – they're good. They don't. The games aren't even questioned, really. Uh, so I think they they put up thirty something on Tennessee, who had no one left. Their their team is completely injured, despite having the best record in the AFC coming into that game. Uh, but it's it looks it looks bad for them. Although they still have a really good chance of still winning their division. It's the the NFL is cruel. You just somehow you lose all your players all at once. I don't know, but they'll they'll get some of those guys back, uh, most likely. Not Derrick Henry, but the receivers will be back. So, uh, still a playoff team, but the team that showed up in this week against New England, not a playoff team, I would say. And then the NFC is similar to the AFC, where there's just uh, the last team to make the playoffs is gonna actually going to be end up pretty be pretty bad. So right now, uh, the 49ers have won three in a row and got themselves into the last playoff spot, and um, maybe maybe they're good or or no, the 49ers they got themselves into the Second to last playoff spot. But after last night's game, uh, Washington football team is the last playoff team. Can they name them already? They're, I mean, the whole franchise is falling apart. They're all going to get sued. So why even do anything? 
Uh, so I think the year 2033 is when they're going to unveil their new name. You heard it here first, folks. For right now, they're the Washington football team. They tied with the Vikings as well. Both, uh, I think, five and six or something. It's just like not good, but someone bad is going to make the playoffs in both conferences. Uh, The 49ers might actually end up deserving to make the playoffs. So coming into the season, a lot of people were high on them, including me, uh, but a bad start. But now three in a row. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? Uh, But then this last Sunday had one of the uh, ugliest games you'll ever see. Um, The Ravens, who were the number one seed in the AFC, uh, they threw four interceptions. um, And I think three of them came on three straight possessions and happened within like six minutes of game time. Uh, Just awful, awful stuff. Uh, And despite all that, they still won because Cleveland was even worse on offense. Uh, so the Ravens are still the number one team in the AFC and they had one of their worst performances you'll, you'll see. So, uh, I don't know. Football is ugly. It's depressing. It's been letting you down a lot. It seems like, yeah, I don't know. I did not enjoy this slate of games very much. Uh, I don't know. It's still there, but I'd, I'd rather talk about the fifth starter leaving the Mets or something like that at this point. Yeah. I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's almost over, right? We're I know crazy. 12, 12 weeks out of 18 weeks. So we're two thirds done. Uh, we'll be, we'll be done with this uh, in 2022. We have to look forward to. So, well, that's exciting. Yeah. Anything else to get into on football? No, I have, I have nothing more to give on football. All right. It's drained all of my energy. Yeah, poor guy. Um, I think that'll wrap us up for our sports podcast then. You've been listening to episode 248 of the Tony Stig Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road as drained because of the NFL, Andy. Yeah, write that out. That's a lot. Yeah. We'll see you later. <laughs>